We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash hack it out. Just go to Indeed.com slash hack it out right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash hack it out. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Hack It Out Golf Podcast. Myself, Mark Crossfield, Lou Stagner, Greg Chalmers. We're talking bunker play. And this is a big one. And even if it doesn't get the biggest amount of lessons, it should do. I do bunker lesson videos on YouTube and it always upsets me how small a view count they get because I teach a lot of people I've done over the years and I've got data that shows me just how average the poor lots of you listening are out of bunkers and we need to get some wins from the bunkers um let's see if we can help you greg and lou welcome greg i know torpos generally are just zero scared out of bunkers to be fair you often i know i would rather be in one than chipping over one from grass because generally i got a bit more control from the bunker well, what are your thoughts you're the short game wizard amongst us Right, You're probably yeah. happy for it to go in the bunker a bit more than you are the long grass around the green, aren't you? Uh, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, usually, depending on the quality of the sand, it's all the things you need to think about as an amateur. A, the quality of the sand, and have you got the tools, the equipment that are, that are matching up to that? If you have a lot of sand in the bunkers, it's best to have a lot of bounce usually, and vice versa, not much bounce. And understanding bounce and how it works kind of helps. Um, yeah. and, you know, so you can work on – you might – have a really nice technique, but you've got the wrong bounce in your hand. And I've done that. I've had two little bounces, particularly with not much sand. You'll have to either adjust your technique or with my technique, I've found that I've found bounce is my friend. Um, and so I would adjust it to the conditions of the golf course and, and what it presents in the sand in the bunkers. Uh, but yes, yeah, so I would just, absolutely prefer just to, to clarify. Bunkers. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just, to, just to clarify there, you're saying you're going to adjust your technique in relevance to the bounce. You're not swapping wedges out in relevance to how much sand is in bunkers week to week. No, I actually do. I swap out based on if there's a lot of sand, I will pull out my 12 degree bounce. And also yeah. it's handy out of the rough. I find it handy out of Bermuda yeah. rough because I, I'm not quite shallow enough sometimes. Yeah, and and yeah. so I found that bounce gets it, gets solved that problem. I don't have to change much. But um, if you think about the average fight... golfer listening who can't do that, let's say we go and play socially tomorrow yeah. mm-hmm. and we get in one bunker that's just been redone and it's got considerably more sand in than the bunker on the seventh, which been, has been there for 10 years. 
you will know that because you can't swap your wedge out now. Obviously, oh, the average oh, yeah. listener can't swap. Like you are going to change your technique. Cause, yes. Because yep. bounce is dynamic for everyone listening. Yeah. Bounce, you have a set bounce on your wedge, but that's from it measured in a vice. As soon mm -hmm. as you start mm -hmm. twisting it around the axis of the shaft, so what people think of opening and closing, putting off, mm -hmm. on, taking off, off, that bounce is adjusting as well. So, yeah. Don't think, oh, well, hang on, Greg could just change his wedges because he's a tall pro, because that's the easy right. out often I get from my point. Right, so right, yes. If, you, if you've got the luxury to change your wedges, yes, it can help. But if you haven't, Greg also has the tools, I know, and I'm 100% sure to know that he walks in a bunker, fills a lot of sand, and he thinks, right, I'm now going to maybe lay that face more open, which engages more bounce and swing hard as I can, because this ball ain't going to go anywhere. Where mm -hmm. then when he gets in one with, which is compact because it's rained, he might think, oh, I might go a little straighter onto this one and not open up as much. Uh -huh. and it'll come out low and run. And uh -huh. it, it's that you see, so I imagine that's what you're able to do and would do socially, wouldn't you? Oh, there's no, yeah, you no question. I'm talking about sort of a generic kind of whole picture yeah. to what I do. There's no question that if I'm not going to change my wedge based on, hey, it rained last night, they're going to be firmer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would just, I'm just not going to open it up as much. And I might try and get a little steeper and in and out of that thing, um, yeah. in and out of the sand. Yeah. So uh, that that's kind of how we adjust on the fly. But uh, yeah, there's definitely, yeah, cool. I think the first piece is making sure you know a little bit about your equipment, maybe. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and then yeah, you well, know, we'll, the do a, we'll do a yeah, bit of technique ahead. in a second because let's hit Lou. Lou, have you got some numbers you can share with us just to put into perspective averages and ideas around bunker play for, for amateur golfers? Um, yes, uh, professionals are, looks, yeah, yeah, professionals okay. are much, much, much better at this than us amateurs, and so, yeah. Uh, 10 yard bunker shot, which is relatively typical. Um, you know, you miss yeah. a green, it's, green side it's bunker, you know, it? a green side bunker. We'll just go with 10. Um, and I can adjust as we want to go through here. So if you two want to see something different, just let me know. So 10 yard bunker shot for a PGA tour pro, um, they have an average proximity of just over 10 feet. Uh, and they hit, uh, just about 84% inside 10 feet. Um, so 84% will 84%. be 84%. Yeah, that's pretty good. Wow. Pretty good for yep. a tour pro from 10 Which, yards. Which uh, 10, 10, 10, 10 yards off the green, Greg, <laughs> relatively decent lie. Um, I'm rubbish at golf and I'm thinking I'm going to get that within 10 foot. Like you're probably like you've been in bunkers where you feel like you can hold it, haven't you? I mean, I know oh, I play, yeah. I've been in bunkers Absolutely. where I think, oh, that's gathering to the hole. If I just get it there, that's, oh, this could go mm. in. Mm -hmm. And I think too, like you're saying too, with the pros, when the ball's in the air, you'll hear a pro say, get in the bunker, right? Yeah, they yeah. rather yeah. they rather that shot, they can spin it usually. If we've got good bunkers, usually they're well raked, well looked after. Um, so yes, but there's definitely, in that 10 yard shot quite often is that nice soft spot where you can flub it and just runs out, land shorter, yeah, runs yeah. out, get behind it too far, or you can hit a perfect little spinner and it finishes great. So you've got this, yeah. this little soft zone, as long as you hit behind the ball, it's okay. You know, not crazy yeah, behind the yeah. ball, but uh, yeah. for us at a high level, it's... Uh, it can be quite simple sometimes, I hate to say. So, Lou, how does that compare to the amateurs? Yeah, so let's look at... amateurs or a handicap bracket? Uh, I'm looking... No, this is... Uh, I'm going to look at 10 handicaps. So, here's a 10, 10 handicap handicaps. player. Yes, data cool. from Arcos. 10 handicap yeah. player, a 10-yard shot out of the bunker. Now, we said PGA Tour pros have an average proximity of just over 10 just, feet. 10 yeah. feet, few inches. Uh, 10 handicaps have an average proximity of 23 feet. 
So Ooh, yeah. it is a significant difference between a tour pro and a, and a 10 handicap. Uh, so I'm going to put you on the spot here, Lou. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot. 23 foot percentage chance of a free putt for a 10 handicapper. Can you look that up quickly? Should I fill or do you want to, can you get that one or not? Uh, I can't get to that one quickly. That's um, fine. I can, I can Off get the top to of your head. You can guesstimate. Um, I'm going to guesstimate based on, I can tell you what a PGA tour pro is from 23 feet from 23 feet. They three putt 3% of the time. Uh, I would guess a 10 handicap is probably going to be triple that, you know, 10% of the time. I would guess 11 somewhere around there. Uh, so you're 10 yards away from the green and you've got a chance of getting down in four revenue if you get it to your average basically like you can see how numbers start adding up can't you yeah, yeah. you know i've always been uh, i think sand is uh is something that us amateurs really struggle with and uh, i saw a teacher a while ago um and his approach on playing out of the sand for and this is your, you know, your typical non-serious club golfer was just develop a shot, a bunker shot that's going to fly about 10 yards. And he didn't really care where the pin was on the green. You might have a 30 yard bunker shot. The, 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 the pin could be across the green from where you are. He just simply wanted you to have something that could very repeatedly uh, carry 10 yards. Um, and if it ran out and you had a long putt, but get it on the green, he wanted you to get the ball on the green, even if that meant going beyond the hole or being way short of the hole, he wanted to make sure you were putting. Um, and that was sort of the step one approach for a, we'll, we'll say an, an average player, a 10 or 15 handicap or, or higher, just get the ball on the green. And so don't try to adjust based on how far it is and other things, just get the ball in the green. We want to be putting yeah, yeah. next. And I thought yeah. that was an interesting approach. And certainly we would it's never advise for lots. Yeah. We would mm-hmm. never advise Greg to do that. Like that would be ridiculous. <laughs> well, I um, would, cause then I might have a chance of winning. <laughs> there are times. Yeah. yeah. Get in that there. bunker. I'll remember Greg, just did it 10 yards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 10 yard shot. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I mean, it's a really good idea. I, I do it with students where I put 10 balls in a bunker and ask them, like, how many will you get out? If they giggle at me, like, you know, I, I can get all of them out. I think, okay, we can work on getting them closer, getting them higher, getting them lower. Can we do a 20 yard, uh, like a downhill lie, uphill lie? But if you put 10 in there and lots of people like look at me and go, well, not sure how many I'll get out. I think, okay, we're back at that stage you're saying with that student or that pro was saying, let's just develop a shot that gets out every time. Um, it is a, it, it sounds negative, but I think it's positive for lots of people because bunkers do ruin a game. Like they properly for I've had nine handicappers where a bunker can ruin the whole day. Ferdo in a bunker, three or four to get out and they're still in there. And you just think, ah, oh, 
I mean, this day is wrecked if they're playing medal play. Obviously, it's changed a bit nowadays because everything classes as a double bogey for the handicap system. But back in the day, it literally would be day over. And that's demoralising, isn't it? I, I personally would mm. struggle to play knowing there's a situation that can ruin my whole day like that. I would struggle right, to right. go out there. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people too are beaten as soon as it goes in the bunker. You know, yeah. like they know, they know um, that it's going to be, oh, no, I can't get out. And they panic. And the panic affects the technique. Um, yeah. you know, so they get that sort of quick and they're trying to just get it out by blasting and smashing it. And then even when they do get it out, it shoots over the green in the other bucket. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and you had this chain of chain effect, you know, disasters. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 25, uh, if we get a 25 handicap blue, have you got, or around, have you got 20 or 25 handicap bunker uh, stats? Yeah, I can, I can get to that. Um, if you, if you get to that, as we just fill a little bit of times, Lou gets to that. Um, it's definitely, it, you see people Oof. get paralyzed in bunkers. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. It, I know. <laughs> I've looked go. at them. All right. So yeah, they, they have is... an average proximity. Uh, 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 this is a, we'll call it a 24 handicap has an average proximity of uh, uh, about 34 feet. This is on a 10 yard bunker shot. I mean, they're, they're so he's further away from the farther. You need a good amount of green, don't you? Yeah, they are. They're leaving it in the bunker quite a bit. They are blasting it over quite a bit. Uh, So we've all seen that, right? They just hit it. Yeah. Yeah. Hitting a ball on the equator generally is not a good idea. Um, And (laughs) there's quite a few here that are, that are doing that. So if I look at the median proximity um, that goes down to 23 feet and the average is, is brought up by, you know, there, there's a fair number of shots where people have hit it 60 yards. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, They've just, they've blasted it. And Greg, as a Greg hasn't done that. He doesn't even remember what it's like to do that. He probably never did it. He was probably good at golf. Everyone's done it at Uh, some point. And it must be hilarious when Greg does it because it's going over people's heads. (laughs) Oh yeah. Awesome. Thanks mate. I did that once. I actually was in a shot. I was in a really tough shot. Australian open. There's a big light sea of people behind because you know I'm very popular, and uh, I think I was playing with shark or something. Anyway, the charm is effect. Yeah, yeah, there's people back there, and I'm like, hey, if I blade this, I'm thinking to myself, if I blade this, it'll be fine. Or probably, you know, might clip someone in the knees, so they'll be fine. So I did blade it, and they parted like the reds, like they just parted. Night, this ball went another twenty or thirty, and I'm like, guys, take one for the team, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it happens. Yeah. It happens. Well, that it's not leads, fun. That, it definitely, it does happen to everyone, doesn't it? I mean, that leads us on to the first bit of technique. So Lou's definitely confirming there what I've seen in stats and with, with you know, just teaching people over many years. Like bunkers is just such a cheap game for so many people. Um, when people get, like, the biggest thing I see in bunkers is the lack of speed. People just, when they're nervous out of bunkers, the speed just goes. They don't want to put mm-hmm. any speed into their action. And it's because of what we're joking about there, because they are in there thinking, I could hit this 60 yards, and that pin is 10, 15 yards away. So what they do is they just start removing all the speed. Now, if you remove the speed and you have a very limited control of low point, so you might fin it a little bit, you might hit it good, and then you might hit it way behind. Well, only one of those options, you've got two other options. You could hit it in the right place with not enough speed. That generally will go up the lip and roll back to your feet. Or you can hit it way behind with not enough speed, and that's the one that goes six foot in front of you. One of those options, blading it with not much speed, is still rubbish. So I always say to students, let's just get, 
two of the options, if you do out of the three chances you've got of getting this ball out of this bunker, one blading it, one catching it slightly fat, one catching it perfect, why don't we make the two options more successful? Because the other one's just mm. there. Let's just accept it's there, which is then trying to get them to keep speed in. Getting them to keep speed in, which comes from generally bigger arm swings. So they get really sore on their arm swings, things like waist to waist. I get them going like shoulder to shoulder, you know, proper follow throughs, shoulders turning like a full swing, hips turning like a full swing. So they start facing targets, coming mm. off their trail foot. So right handed golfer, they go up on their toe on their right foot trying to keep that speed up for me with my students is the first protocol to put back in it's so hard you have to hold their hand because they're petrified of doing the thin one um but it, it's the first ingredient that's generally needed for people to get that shot that lou's talking about they had 10 yards out every time you know yeah, it, it's um... now going to get out most times yeah, that's um, it, and you guys, you're gonna, you guys always pick on me, and you're gonna pick on me for this, but I will. That's a great, great um, uh, thought there, Mark. And one of the things that I will do, I have a little PRGR radar device that yeah. will measure uh, club head speed um, and yeah. ball speed, and I'll take that in the bunker, and I will uh, use that because it's it's really interesting for somebody like me who doesn't have the same skill level as you guys. And I'm not the best bunker player in the world. Um, and it's Greg, one thing obviously. I worked really hard on was trying to get my bunker play better. And as you mentioned, my speed got really slow when I would get into it. It does the always because you're petrified. Really, yeah, if you're scared. Exactly. Why would, would you go faster? It would get really mm. slow. And so I took that in there to make sure that I was hitting you know, certain benchmark, you know, certain thresholds I was trying to hit with my speed, with my club speed. And it was, um, it was very interesting when I first started doing that, where, you know, I would swing my 60 or my 56, whatever I happen to have. And, and, and I swung it, you know, at 30 miles an hour. And, and I did exactly what you did. One of those two where I hit way behind it, or I hit it. Okay with low point and it didn't go anywhere. Um, and then yeah. I, I would add the speed that I needed to get to. And it was good to have that, that actual measurement to know, okay, that's the speed that I'm trying to get to. That's what I yeah, want. Totally. And, and that was yeah. really helpful uh, for me. And I'm still not a great bunker player, um, and, but it's, it's something that made a huge difference in uh, quality of bunker play for me. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, well, I say it to students, and Greg, I'm sure if you think about your bunker play, you'll, this will resonate with you. If you're playing a bunker shot where you're trying to, you know, that one where you're almost trying to like, almost de-accelerate in it, you know, you're trying to just get it over the lip, you're playing almost like that duffy little splash because you've got no green to work with, you're only ever playing that shot because you're forced to play it. You're not choosing <laughs> to play that mm -hmm. shot. You're, you're being forced. The situation yep. is saying... You either come out sideways or you've got to hit that like foot spot off the green with not much ball moving, not very fast. Otherwise, it's going to roll off the front of the green or into a, into a water hazard or whatever. So you're forced to play that shot. You don't want to play that shot. What you want to do in a bunker 
is have plenty of speed. Because if you think about most of your bunker shots, your sexiest bunker shots, your your like ones where the crowd goes crazy, they're generally you're hitting them really hard. That's why they come mm. out really high, and that's why they stop and spin loads. You're not hitting them soft. You're actually giving them a pretty massive whack you're just doing it with loads of loft which is like really impressive and your knees are bent and your hands are low that's fair isn't it if you think of your mm-hmm. bunker play the soft one is the really horrible nervous one isn't it oh yeah absolutely yeah that's the yeah that's the one and we I've done they're that. doing we, that as their standard bunker yeah, shot. yeah yeah you're yeah, doing the one yeah. i don't even want to do and i'm yeah, okay and, with and, it as and you're standard. right i like the, the one like that little dinky shot that little tiny shot where you can kind of flub it if you want to, but you can spin it a little if you want to, and you're stuck between two shots and you decel because of that. That's the shot kind of I feel like you're talking about for me um, yeah. is what I get to. Um, it's, uh, you know, uh, what I'm seeing with students is probably not enough stability, uh, like either width in stance or digging the feet in as much as you should. Um, yeah. And they don't, you know, don't go low enough. Club, If you go low, the club goes It's all high. too it's conservative, kind of, isn't it? It's all too yeah. conservative. Yeah, and it's a different action. It's a slightly different motion. And like you're saying, keep things moving. Uh, like I see a lot of people just hands, just arms it um, yeah. and trying to lift the ball out of the bunker. Um, that would be that would be something I'd get big, big, get the big stuff moving a little bit, get the hips and the yeah, shoulders yeah. moving, like you said. Um, and But practice a little. This is the thing that I'm learning too. When I'm teaching people, I want to say to them, and I do say to them, look, we're on a range. We're in, we're in, nothing's going to happen bad here. Let's just mess yeah, around yeah, and yeah. experiment a little bit. Um, they're yeah. like, I said, look, we're not on the hook here for this shot. We can hit this out of bounds. It's okay. You know, yeah. like you can blade it. So, but let's experiment, particularly when it came to like getting used to opening the face out of bunkers and, and, uh, because they're petrified to do that, aren't they? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. Got the amount of times I have to take them just to release their grip pressure and twist the club in their hands to say, yeah. but, you're going to put a lot of speed in there. So I want that club pointing out mm-hmm. at the sky a bit more. So when you yeah, do actually hit it, you not more blade it yeah. it's you coming over faster. the lip. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They are definitely yeah, adding, I, I don't, I don't have many students where I say that's too much loft. I, right. I, in fact, I can't even hear myself ever saying that in a situation. Right. I, right. Always, I saw, I saw let's someone, twist I, let's twist that over. Yeah. I saw a video. You should be able to sit sand on the face, like put the, put it in the thing and sit some sand on the face. So the sand yeah. sits there and doesn't slide off. That's kind of, a loose sort of definition of mate. yeah 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 but uh yeah there's you know there's lots of stuff you can do I, I even just draw a line in the sand and see how good you are at starting your divot at that line 100 so, so, so that's that's you know. low point greg's now talking yeah. low point and low point yeah. is the sex so speed comes off is point one. Point two is low point control yeah. like you've said it at the start the thing i love about a bunker and the, a pro loves about a bunker is you've got a few inches of leeway because if you've got enough speed, you can be two, three, four inches behind the ball and it's still going to come out. Um, so it's actually, I always used to say to students, it's easier in here because I don't have to be as precise. Right. I can't be two inches away with my driver. I'll, I'll move the earth, not the ball, if I'm mm. two inches away. I mean, think about how far off the toe. You're, you're going to air shot two inches almost on certain drivers where with, with a bunker shot, you've got... If you're trying to hit an inch or two behind it, you've got enough speed. You can get four behind it, and that thing might still come out if you've got the mm-hmm. speed. So low point practice ideas, drawing lines in the sand and getting people just repeatedly I, hit near that. I like that. And, and here's what I would yeah. say to people And when I do this. Even for myself, I might draw the line down the middle of my stance or just in front of the middle, and I don't try and hit the line. I'm just using the line as a reference to my entry point for the club, and I want to see that entry point be consistent. 
So the yeah. line could be sure. I might divot might start. My it might start at the line. That's great. Just make sure the next one does too, and the next one, and the next yeah. one. But if it starts an inch behind the line, make sure the next one starts an inch behind the line, and just get real consistent yeah. with the entry point. And then you know where to put the ball just in front of that. Um, yeah, that's a great it's, point. It, it's, it's just the good consistency practice. of that strike, which will allow you to control how mm-hmm. fast it's coming out, how high it's coming out, those kind of ideas. And like you say, if you if you are hitting in a consistent spot in relationship to that line you draw, um, you just move the ball position around. You can open or close a stance even to move that around a mm-hmm. little bit as well because yep. they're obviously very much entwined with each other. Um yeah, that consistency at low point is a huge one. I get students to put two balls basically either side of a ball. So that just, you know, because you just then look at where their divots are each time and say, look, that one started right next to the ball. That one started six inches back. Like, let's mm-hmm. focus on doing it. Another good thing I did with students, because I didn't have a bunker when I worked at a range, which people probably saw loads on my YouTube videos at this early days, Clifton Hill, just up the range here, uh, up the road here. Uh, we didn't have a practice bunker there, and people would come saying, like, can we do anything with bunkers? I know you haven't got a bunker. And I would say, yeah, well, generally, people who are really good at flop shots, certainly mm-hmm. off mats. So if you imagine a flop shot off a mat isn't very easy. Trying to get them to do bunker ideas off a tight mat and getting them confident with their strike, you'll be amazed how often they would come back to me and go, Cool, I tried that in the bunker and I had a few thin ones, but when I got it, it was like came out so much higher and more control. Generally, it's a it's it's a generalization, but you do see good player bunker players are not afraid to hit a good old flop shot off any lie almost because in Mud Island over here, as you've christened mm. it for me, uh, Greg, I, I keep saying that, um, but it is You're Mud welcome. Island. Um, yeah. um, <laughs> we get on muddy lies in the winter and I play a bunker shot. I don't try and hit the ball. I just slab the mud out loads of speed and f- like flop the ball onto the green. So it is actually a shot you can take transition onto grass and into bunkers as well if you get good at it. Do you not think that's, have you seen oh, those abs- kind of patterns? Yeah, absolutely. You get lots of bounce involved and, and absolutely the, the flop shot, is uh, a great practice uh, if you can pull it off, certainly off mats, like you say. Uh, I think to don't look to the coach. If you're, you know, two, three, four or half an inch out, two, three mils or half an inch out from sliding under the ball, it's the same technique. Just yeah. control the club and find the bottom, go up the gripper here. There's, there's lots of little micro adjustments you could make to change what happens in, where that club bottoms out. It doesn't require coaching. It doesn't change your whole action. It could be experimenting 100%. with grip, grip lengths. Yeah. It could be experimenting with how you bend over or don't bend over. There's lots of little ways to sort of goof around with. I just, you know, like I always say, I encourage you to experiment a little bit with, well, I'm entering the sand behind. Let's experiment with a different path, you know, more outside or inside or, yeah, you know, yeah. or open the face, shut the face. There's, you'll see how the club reacts with the sand and you'll be like, oh, wow, okay. It digs way more if I shut the face or, yeah, um, yeah, you know, so, and that- but yeah, just goof around, experiment a little bit. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Yeah, I think that's great. And that leads me on to my final point here with bunkers, which is, you know, you go to any tour event, 
the bunker, you get the chipping green. Chipping green generally full of balls, and there's some poor kid on there trying to get them off without getting hit by every arrogant tall pro chipping at him. <laughs> We're not all arrogant, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> but also, the bunkers are just completely full. There's always people hitting bunker shots. You go to the tour event and you watch the practice area. If the practice area is busy, the bunkers are generally busy as well. People, players are getting feels for sand. They might have been in. Germany the week before and now they're in Spain and the sand won't feel the same so they're getting in there they want to familiarize themselves with what's the sand like from this course to the next course um and, and you thought you like if you're listening to this pod and you think like how many times have you got in a bunker and thought cool I haven't done a bunker shot for three weeks like what's the no. chart because I know I do that because I don't practice my bunker play because I don't have really time to practice anymore and we go and film somewhere and I have like a you know a 30-yard bunker shot and I think Cool. I might not have had one of these for about two years. I literally, I, I, where this is going, God only knows. I hope I can do something. But when I was playing or I wanted to compete, I would get in a bunker every week, even if it's on the course in an evening. And it wasn't just playing standard bunker shots. I would put myself, because in a bunker, you're going to get ball below your feet, ball on an upslope, like ball on an upslope in a bunker. I hate that shot. Mm. Just, unless it's unless it's short-sided, you think, mm-hmm. oh, this is great. I need to swing. But generally, you've got to move it 15 yards, 20 yards. It's on an upslope. I just think, oh, God, don't blade it. I'm going to swing so fast at this. Mm-hmm. This could go forever. Um, but I didn't feel that when I was getting in bunkers every week practicing. So... Amateurs at home listening to this who are struggling out of bunkers, I definitely see a pattern of them shying away from them, even in their limited practice that they do. They just don't want to go in there because they're, they're scared. They, but it's it's like when you're scared of something, you need to go and pick the spider up maybe if you're scared of spiders. Face the fears, you know I mean? get in there. Yeah, yeah. you've got to you confront it because yeah. there's a good chance you're going to go in a bunker, isn't there, on a golf oh, course? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you got to put um, some love into it. And if you play a bit of yeah. social golf, you know, throw a couple down in a bunker here or there. Um, and challenge your mates. That's a great way mm-hmm. of doing it because mm-hmm. it puts a funny edge on it. Get Like you say, put a couple of balls mm-hmm. in there with a friend that you're playing with and say, you know, let's do one from the downhill, from the flat and from the uphill and see who gets closer. Because what you'll start to do is learn your patterns. Because that's what I say to mm-hmm. students. They have a bunker shot. It's similar to what we said to in another pod. People have a chipping shot, don't they? And they use their chipping club. They do the same mm. with bunkers. They have a bunker shot. Like we said at the start, have that one bunker shot. But once you could do that bunker shot, you need to understand when it's on a down and a lie, it's coming out low and it's going to roll on more. When it's on the uphill lie, it's going to come out higher and stop quicker. So now you need to play with the speed. Lou's going to get in there with his launch monitor and say, you know, it'd be interesting, Lou, if you saw how quick you were from the downhill to the uphill lies, because they need different speeds. Um but if you don't practice that, you're never going to know, are you? You're just going to get in there and play one bunker shot. Um, getting in there and experimenting is is massive. You would have done it as a kid, uh, Greg, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Bunk well, games. we had nothing. Yeah, we had no. We only had a putting green. So we used to just walk out as kids on the course and we'd stop on the 10th yeah. green. I'll never, never forget this. We'd just go down the bottom. 10 was a little tiny par three, about 120 from the clubhouse. Uh, we have a chipping comp. And yeah. it had... And we'd stay there until someone came through and played. We'd let them play through because uh, always late in the day, you know, five or six o'clock. Yeah. And yeah. just three or four of us have chipping comps. So you're, you know, choose a shot and off you go. And it could be bunkers. It could be anything. It's amazing what you find out. Amazing how good your hands can get when you're doing things. You know, unfortunately, sometimes with golf, it's about volume. You know, it's, yeah. it's you're doing a lot of it. You tend to get good at it. And I'm, I'm the same as you. If I haven't hit a bunker shot for a while, I get quicker. My technique changes because the anxiety changes. And yeah. I'm not sure what's going to happen. Mm. My confidence goes down. 
and my and then I need to go hit a hundred of them or fifty of them to get. Oh, I feel good now. Um, yeah, yeah. Know, so because it it's a it's it just recognised too as a as a as an amateur. It's a hard skill. Like it's something you can improve at, but it is difficult. Like it's not finding the bottom of the arc, getting the speed right, getting everything moving. It's a complex. It's a complex move, um, and getting the loft transferred. Sure, we can. You know, we want to get to a place where you just get it out, get on the green. But to to get to a really high level, it, it is complex. Like like a lot of things in golf. You know, you got to get yeah, you know, got to put some uh, love into I it. Mean, uh, my general history of bunker lessons when I've been at places where there's bunkers and we and when I've been on the course with students and what have you, I actually really enjoy them because of the figures that Lou was quoting at the start. It's one of the areas that I just think if I'm coaching a person, I'm going to win today. Right. You know, if their average proximity is 34 foot from 10 yards, I am there mm. thinking, well, I can't lose. Mm. Like it's going to be hard for that to be further away. Right. Um, so I, even though it is, I, I agree to get a high standard, it's complex, but I do see it as low hanging fruit for a lot of amateurs. And it was, I think, Lou's, when he looked at the 25 handicapper, the noise he made kind of summed it up to me. Like he literally went, whoa, yeah, they're not in it that close. Um, and any 25 handicappers listening, be honest with yourself. When was the last time you got in a bunker and, and had fun and played around in there and, and tried to improve your skills? Because it's, it's tiny amounts. Uh, and I know it's tough. Lots of people, lots of courses don't even have a bunker to practice out of, don't they? Certainly not in the UK, like where you played, Greg, growing up, similar, I imagine, to the UK courses. They don't always have a practice bunker, but right. getting out on the course in an evening and putting a couple down might just save you having a double or a triple um, next time you play in your competition. i got something for you, Lou, to finish on. I will round up the technique ideas before we finish, but I, I didn't want, I was going to say it during the pod, but you're in your mid-flow. I, if I had to, guess if you were good or bad out of bunkers right before we yeah. talked this evening yeah. i would have guessed that you're not great and do you know why no <laughs> a dozen he different reasons worried just about through. my arms yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to hide <laughs> well what's interesting is there are certain techniques that you see come through on the lesson tee that you think okay i know when i hand you a driver that probably isn't going to work. And it's the same with a bunker shot. I see a technique and it's there's fairies of techniques. And I think, I don't think that's going to work when you get in a bunker. And I say this to so many students, this is what a great um, advert for the more you can make your generalized technique semi, let's call it textbook for want of a better word. And I, that's a broad circle of, of terms because obviously i understand there's extreme grips and dj does x with his wrist and, and what have you but for your average golfer who's just trying to play better average golf if you've got extreme grips or you present extreme angles so lou produces a bit of an extreme angle used to i know he's worked on it on his downswing where he'd stand the shaft up a little bit that doesn't work out of bunkers you can't stand the shaft up like that out of bunkers just doesn't work because you can't control low point that well and you can't control strike that well doing that mm. hence you have the odd rocket so you go and put you on an uneven surface wow you you're what what will happen for someone like you and i i believe you might do it is that you will have to practice way harder to be only as okay as someone who doesn't have to practice that hard out of it if they've got a more textbook 
Um, hasn't uh, even seen and, you play, mate, and he's already penciled you. you, you I've seen, 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 seen his string. I've seen his in a video. I have. I look at you and I think you're rubbish. You're absolute rubbish. You see how aggressive he is towards you. It's it's tough. I should have just said it's the glasses. I should have said, you know what, you're rubbish. I thought you were going to be a hypocrite, say because you're bald. I'm an outlier. <laughs> All bald people can't play yeah, bunch of shots. Yeah. You're definitely <laughs> terrible. It's not my fault. You only hit a 275. You keep you yeah, continue yeah. to get oh. angry with me because I can outdrive you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's just interesting out as a coach watching the techniques that you see and you they just bleed think, into the short oh. game, don't they, Mark? The long they bleed all over. The they bleed yeah, all yeah, over, hundred yeah. percent. And you just yeah. like, and, and the most basic example without getting too technical, technical, because obviously no one can see what I'm doing on a pod. You know, you see extreme grips. I see. Let's just take mm. a really extreme, strong grip, and you give them a club with loft, and it's fine because you can de-loft the seven iron. It don't matter. It'll still work to a certain extent. You then go and give them a driver that doesn't work anymore. You haven't got enough loft to go and whack seven or ten degrees off that driver. That's mm. probably not going to work. And then you give them um, a, a, a bunk shot where you're trying to twist lots of loft on at the start. And this is a gross generalization because some strong grips cut it and add loft as well. But it, it's just a pattern that you see. And you think with that strong grip, how are they going to get that face open in a bunker? So now they're presenting that leading edge, uh, leading edge a lot. To control that strong grip, they do what Lou does. Not saying Lou's got a strong grip, but they stand the shaft up to try and manipulate lie to control the face pointing way left. That ain't going to work in a bunker because you're now completely changing how that bunker, that um, club's going to react on the floor. Like the last thing you want is that toe going in first with, in a bunker. You know, it's the heel generally that's splashing in. Mm. Um, but it's interesting and it's a good, I, I've, my point here, rather than just having a cheap dig at Lou, which it wasn't meant to be that. Low hanging that fruit. Some, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes improving your general technique, like Greg is saying, it does then start to bleed through. The amount of students I've done where I've changed them from being real stand-up shafts and high handle impacts into more neutral actions. And then they come back to me and go, cool, my pitching's loads better. Yeah, I've not touched your pitching, but that doesn't surprise me. And then they go, well, my chipping or my bunker plays even getting a bit better. I think, yeah, well, being that little bit more rounded that you are now, we'll just glide through that sand a little bit more rather than you just crashing into the ground and pulling the handle up to try and not crash into the ground. So it's a good uh, the point is, is that you can even make wins away from just in the bunker as well. If you're there, is, uh, it's a taking far too long this point, but I'm going to basically there are some techniques that I look at and I just think that isn't going to work out the bunker. So it's not that you have to get in there and practice a bit more. Just go and get a lesson and get that technique neutralized with that club because that just is not going to work. But uh, Lou, that's not you. I know you're good at bunkers now. Uh, somebody I, somebody I, needs I, a hug. I feel so good after all of the episodes that we record. Here's my Mark Crossfield impersonation. So let's talk about technique. And and, and I know that, uh, you know, you, you might be horrible at it. Like Lou, um, yeah. that's exactly what he does to me. You should see what it's for all the listeners. You should see what it's like when we're not recording. If you think this yeah. is rough, you should see what it's like then. Lou's, Lou's going to need an emotional support teddy bear or something like something I do. to yeah, I, I do. I have. I do have a question for Greg. Yeah, something for around. I'm not going to ask you because um, you're dead <laughs> to me at the moment. Um, so 60, 65, 70 yard bunker shots. What do you do differently oh, when you look at I'm... any other kind of shot on tour? 
the farther away you are from the hole, generally proximity and it gets a lot tougher, but there's this crazy inflection at 65 yards ish that gets really, really hard for tour pros. And it gets also yeah. equally more difficult for amateur players. How do you approach a 65 yard shot? I know they're all going to be different, but I'm, I'm mostly interested in, are you going in there with a nine iron? Are you doing something completely different? How do you approach those shots generically? Uh, yeah. So that one 65, the first question is, what are we doing here? It's a bad exactly, spot. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, but if, if I'm forced to hit it, it's a pick one. I try and do a little picky and squeezy off the top. Uh, something I would have to practice a, quite a bit before I, I do it. Uh, honestly, I, I think the one that you're probably looking to talk about is a bit closer than that where you want to try and blast it, but blast it a long way. Um, I have experimented with a seven iron, which I did that at Dominican. I was using that and I, cause it's a bunker where, you know, you're potentially going to hit it in if you went on a par five and two. And uh, I could get that not landing very far, but running quite a bit. Um, my favorite super sexy long bunker shot is just, uh, a hooking action it's shallower and you release the club like you're trying to hit a hook on it so that yeah, sand yeah. displacement's coming out faster as you rotate the club through impact and so the sand blasts the ball out and you can get a 30 to 40 yarder to do that with a lob wedge um it's a pretty sexy shot if you can pull it off um and that that works beautifully it's it's you get down low open the face up and and then hit like a rope hook but take sand um that works really nicely for a 30 to 40 yarder 60 yards, you can't blast it that far. It's really a hard shot. Oh, I haven't found to be able to blast it that far. Yeah. Um, it's a really hard shot. And really, you just got to avoid it like the plague. If there's a chance you're going to hit it there, you, 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 you kind of take it on the chin and then get it out next yeah. to the green and try and get up and down or something. But yeah. Tricky. The bigger question is why did you hit it there, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, a right. It's a bad plan. Why did, I, could... why did I not get up and down from there or get down in free from there? It's why did right. I hit it there almost? Isn't right, it? right. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. So, Lou, have you got a technique for 60-yard bunker shots? I do not have a technique. I try to avoid them. Um, uh, yeah. Generally, you you do want to try to get the ball as close as possible uh, as often as you can, making sure you take into account um, you know, penalties. Uh, but 60-yard bunker shots are tough. They are I go, really, I go, I'll really tell you what tough. I do, do Lou. I didn't, Lou, I didn't say this. I go, um, I go a little more upright and a little more uh, – less hinge like a little more rigid wooden um, manny wooden yep yep idea, yep a little yeah. more like a putting action Pluck but it. a bit a bigger version of putting action and put the ball back a little bit it comes out hard yeah uh, so you you obviously not have easy. way more talent than the typical player i am what, very very talented exactly yes. <laughs> and across multiple sports <laughs> i would just like to confirm sports. that i am more talented <laughs> than the average person uh, yes. what what how would you tell a 12 handicap to approach that because that's probably who's listening to this is a lot of 12 yeah no don't, don't yeah look until you like going up the ladder of you know the the idea of you know let's get up the first rung of the ladder before we get to that yeah. Nine iron or seven iron, eight iron, somewhere in yeah. there, and blast yeah. it and hope it and runs. Do a bit. the technique that you've showed mm -hmm. them as that mm -hmm. ten yard yeah. one, and yeah. then they just get make a bigger swing. Side. They get take it on. sand. Make sure you take sand. Don't, yeah. don't. Yeah, your big enemy with the seven iron is obviously picking it clean, or an eight iron or a nine iron. So. And aim left. People never aim left enough with that seven iron and eight iron one because it's really going to curve when it hits the yes. ground. It just spins so far to the right because it's just loaded. Just, I always say to him, just left side of the green. Can you imagine you're going onto a green pin in the middle, left side of the green, seven iron, hit that bunker shot. If we get it 10 yards short of that green in play, 
blooming brilliant. If you get it on, I'll buy you a beer kind of stuff. But they aim at the flag and it curves a bit in the air and then it spins and it hits the front right bunker and then think, oh, just if you aim that left, that was a good shot kind of stuff. Hmm. That, people never aim that one left enough. There you go. Bunker play. Plenty of speed. That's my biggest one. And then practice your low point. And it sounds too basic, but it is as basic as that. And then if you want to get more skilled, you do need to get in there and get on different lives. But if you just work from that basic upwards is definitely the answer. Low hanging fruit. Get in those bunkers more often. And um, sorry, Lou. I reckon you're great at bunkers, bro. I just the glasses. You need to find find a friend that makes you feel as good about your game as Mark makes me feel about mine. That's important. Uh, Lou's going to go in the corner and start sucking his thumb. He's done. Uh, I'm He's already there. there. Fetal position. Yeah. I'm going to lay on the couch. You're done. Yeah, there. there we go. Thanks for listening, everybody. Hope that helps in some ways. You got any bunker questions? Hit us up on our social channels. Let us know. As always, leave some stars. Let us know how we're doing with the podcast. And if there's anything you want us to tackle, again, hit us up on our social channels and we will try and tackle those questions for you. As always, thanks for listening and we'll catch you in the next podcast. Bye.